Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 47. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Introducing a new incarnation of world-renowned spiritual teachings, Higher Balance Dojo. Dojo is Higher Balance's latest digital training membership. Inside the Dojo studio, you'll find loads of curated content, handpicked and organized to help you learn the most important lessons and techniques that are guaranteed to bring about spiritual transformation, initiate real mystical experiences, and inspire you to reach ever-increasing new heights on your journey to spiritual awakening. Sign up for a $1 trial to Higher Balance Dojo now and experience it for yourself by visiting hbidojo.com. That's h-b-i-d-o-j-o.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the rebel guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. In this episode, Eric takes it back to the fundamentals of meditation and explains why it is so important to stay consistent with your practice. He unfolds a new approach to the foundation meditation and answers common questions submitted by our listeners. Enjoy. So there's a few questions from help that came in. And... uh... People, it seems like there's actually been a lot of questions lately about um, breathing the prana in and all that stuff. Like, they're kind of confused of should they be focusing on the spot, breathing the prana in, so let's get into it. <clears throat> I keep struggling and questioning if I'm meditating correctly. When breathing, pulling in through the chakra, as in the guided meditation, I get different feelings depending on how I breathe slash pull prana in through the chakra. I'm unsure what's the correct way. As an example, in the beginning when Eric sets the relaxation and says, see the silver energy in the room moving into you, should I use this same protocol when breathing in through the chakra and see silver prana around the room, or am I moving into that specific chakra point? All right, let me start off by saying this. The foundation set, as good as it is, and it's good, was done, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago now, with a little tape recorder, on the fly, no forethought, nothing, I just kind of winged it and put it out there. It's very informative, but there are a lot of things that I would like to go back and to update and to do a better job, seeing that we've gotten a lot better, you know, over the years. So, I think that... These questions are absolutely valid and need clarification. Um, I'll probably have to come out with a new foundation set and kind of get into the nitty-gritty of certain things a little bit better, but this is what I'll I'll have to say for just a a kind of a patch on the problem. One is, when we think about prana, you can think about prana as silver-ish energy in the air. You can think about it as bluish energy in the air. It doesn't necessarily matter so much what you visualize it as. It's your relationship mentally that invokes it like magnetism to metal. The moment you think of the idea of prana, this this energy around you, you already know that it's the presence of God. You already have a relationship or idea in your mind as to what that is. So you're you're already intuitively connected. So it doesn't matter to me whether it's silver or not and bring it to you. You do want to start off with that. Think of it like a car. Prana is a fuel. It's like gasoline. Without it, you're not going to get any worse. 
So you need to start off by drawing in the prana or energy to kind of help prime the process of your, your session. It's going to be a much better session if you give it just 60 seconds, really, okay, of a very good mind, thoughtful thinking to it to absorb that prana in. Now, whether you breathe it in through your nose or through your mouth or you see it invoking into your chakra points, all of them are effective. No matter what, you're still drawing it towards you, like magnetism again. So that is the, the key point of that. On that, on that note, um, knowing that prana is God or life force energy or, or whatever your kind of interpretation is, um, you say in some material, by understanding the universe, you can better become one with it. And the more you understand it, the better. Is it a good idea in the beginning of the meditation to really reflect on the nature of the force? It, it is, but you know, my, my thoughts on this are, are kind of very broad. I think that on a day-to-day -day basis, people may not have the time or the energy to, to get into the details every single session. You, you may want to reflect on that once a week, okay? And I, I like to keep it real, you know? Um, I think that we, we have an understanding in our head. Once you have a kind of knowledge in your mind, you don't necessarily have to fully reflect on it each time to have that relationship or that perception of it. It's, it's built already. So just thinking or reflecting on an act of something, you already associate with the fact of that process. To willfully give it attention is, is important, okay? But I would say it's not that important to have to do every single session. Um, I think that people are just going to forget, and the idea is to keep meditation simple but powerful. When we over-technically evolve it, I think it degresses the quality of the, of the sessions over time. Awesome. Um, and also on the, on the beginning of the meditation where you talk about imagining the silver light in the room and bringing it in through the tip of your nose, I often get a numb feeling. It's like that for a split second or two, like my body goes numb. It's almost like my consciousness separates for a second. Is it a good idea to prolong that or, or carry that sensation almost through the meditation? Um, I, as long as it's not distracting you, you know, people want experiences. People want to feel something. I mean, I, I think it's perfectly normal and it's good because it, it helps confirm your, 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 your work, what, what you're doing. This is very real. There's, there's these very serious biological effects going on that I cannot deny. On the same token, when we get transfixed on that, it once again takes away from the session that you're doing. So if you are being aware of the numbing sensation, at first it gets your attention because it's, it just happens. It's just something like, here I am, okay? And then your mind eventually moves from it. But if you were to stay on it, the question is, is will you become fixated on that and lose the quality of the rest of your session? And that's what I think will happen. I think that the, the point is to, to automate a lot of those experiences, accept them as being part of the process, but allow your, your direction, your navigation of your mind to move you through the correct motions of everything else to get to where you're going. Okay. So when it comes to focusing on the chakra points during meditation, um, in the guided meditation you say to imagine prana energy coming in, but then in the foundation set you say to focus on the touch. And should I be doing both? Or switching back and forth, or how does all that work? <laughs> well, I throw this to make throw it in there to keep it very confusing, you know. Um, look, when I say breathe in through your chakra or to touch the chakra, touching chakra is the most primary, okay? Which is another thing that I wanted to point out is most people say, Oh, my hand's getting really tired, it's staying there. And I really should have said, look, you, you put the pressure there for as long as you want, and then you rest your hand back in your, your lap or wherever, you know, hand in hand. It's not necessary to keep your hand there all the time. What is necessary is that you try to keep the feeling or the sensation of where that pressure was. Having said that, when I say breathe the prana in, this to me is a booster. This is a booster process of, of enhancing more energy to you. 
Okay, so you may feel intuitively, I would like to bring in more energy into my heart chakra, or to my lower chakra, or to my mind chakra. So you use your booster moment to, to think about breathing in this energy, the prana, into that spot. By no means do I need to, to, to tell people that, that that's all they should focus on. They should do it momentarily as a booster, give it 15 seconds, 30 seconds max, okay? And then go back to having a touch sensation. Touch sensation, hands down, is probably going to be the most deliverable, experientially packed process that you can do to get effect. I think that when people say, oh, my meditations aren't as good as they used to be, I think one is because they've stopped sticking to the, the dynamics of the process correctly. They've kind of wandered off and added things or changed things on their own or not even realized it. But the second thing is I think people think that they have the sensation and they don't from the touch. And therefore, I think that their, their meditations are not as strong as what they once were. So if they go back to the root okay, of the touch feeling, to me, that sensation, focusing there, all your neurons, your sensory, your awareness, everything is where the, 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 the greatest spiritual teachers really focused on, okay? And so to me, 90% of your session should be focused solely on that sensation of touch. And that's what's going to maximize or catapult your phenomena, your experiences, your connection to the universe. The 10% remaining is divvied up between breathing prana, thinking prana, you know, sorting it all out. That should be a very minute amount compared to just thinking about the sensation of touch. And then as you practice and get better with it, is when you do do that booster session of, of pulling in or visualizing the prana, is the visualization as important as the sensation of pulling in the prana? I, you know, I really ever think about, well, I, I, I guess when I review myself, I mean, I give it a momentary kind of flash of visualizing it, but I think more of the process of it happening and relating a sensation of it happening. And then that's what really activates it to really happen. So the visualization is kind of like just a booster to really feel yes. it better. Yes, to, to yes. Remove. It's the actual act of it happening rather than visualizing it happening. It's, it's literally when, when I breathe in, I can disconnect my mouth from having oxygen coming in or that awareness and literally convince myself to a certain degree that I can actually feel it going into my chest or actually feel it going into my, my abdomen or wherever. And therefore... That's ideally what you would want to do. Rather than visualizing it, you want to create a kind of an artificial idea of what it feels like. Awesome. Um, next is with the chakra point and focusing on it, whatever one it is, um, you say you should focus on it. And a lot of times my attention will kind of be there, the sensations there, and it's good, but then other times <clears throat> I'll focus on it and it'll become really vivid and apparent. That sensation becomes everything. Mm. And that's when I feel like I have the best meditations. Mm. Is it advantageous to, to work on, on staying very focused on the chakra point, uh, having it be well, a, a the, big feeling? The entire key to unlocking the greatest meditations, the greatest change in your life, the greatest revelation and revolution, okay, is to be as aware on a sensation as possible on your chakra point, okay? So if your, your chakra feels very, very intense and you can still keep your attention on paying attention on this, the spot that you're focused on, Okay. The real question is, is, is your mind wandering, thinking about the sensation? It's almost like it's like a, a, a vines coming out. So are you leaving with the vines as it's spreading out, feeling the sensation out around you, rather than staying focused on your chakra point? Point is, stay focused on the root, on the chakra point. Don't necessarily get too excited about feeling the leaves as they emerge out from, from you like a tree. Don't, don't worry about the tree, worry about the root, always the root. Everything else is a diversion. 
Everything else is not important, okay? So one might say, well, then, then when do I know when I'm going to have that experience? The experience comes after you're done meditation. It's in your life, in your day-to-day, -day, the phenomena that you see, the experiences that you have, the opportunities that open in life, the joy that comes into your life, the blissfulness, the, the magic of paranormal and spiritual things that you witness and you integrate with because you are charged, you are tuned, you are created. Do you understand? You're carrying that vibration. When you are in the act of creating your 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 energy to be focused. I always think of like the katana sword from Japan, like the samurai's have. The the strongest steel is made from the most intense heat. It's not from waving it around. It's not for for whatever. It's it, it's the strength is made in the moment. If if the the smith who's making it, its mind wanders for a moment, he might have to scrap that whole thing. Okay, with all the work he might have put into it. That's how you have to look at it. You have to go into every session. Must simply be the most simple thing. Three chakras. Focus, 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 focus. That is what's going to make the strongest steel out of your presence, your spiritualness. That's what's going to make everything else possible. So kind of along that line, uh, as far as visions go in meditation, experiences in meditation and stuff like that, um... Let me let me take one step back. You know, one one question that, that kind of comes up is the wandering mind, the babbling mind. And I want to insert a thought that actually comes up from, you know, with dogs now that we have dogs and we're training them. You know, I was observing so I'm always thinking about how do I explain this. And I, I realized something and I was like, you know, I really need to give this as a tip because it's something that, that I catch myself doing but I don't think about really expressing it or it never comes back up. And it was the same thing when we when we're, we're talking about when you're walking the dog to, to stay on your side, that when, his, when he starts to, his mind wander, the trainers always say, turn. Turn to left, make him, make him change his, his pattern where he's walking. Like you, you step in front of him and you turn around and so he has to correct himself. The dog has to correct himself. Well, if you catch your mind wandering. I'm not saying do this all the time, okay? But if you're on your mind chakra and you catch your mind itself wandering, switch to your heart chakra. Switch to your lower chakra. If your mind begins to wander and you catch yourself, switch to another chakra. I'm, I'm wondering if that might enhance the quality of people's meditations and lessen the amount of time the babbler gets their attention. Because I think the, the original method is you simply check yourself and you keep going back on that same chakra. I'm saying that as an alternative choice that you may want to try for an option is when your mind begins to wander, switch to another chakra. It's almost like you've got to refocus the touch, you've got to refocus your mind. I have a hunch that that's going to make a better meditator after a week of training oneself to do that. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> you do realize you're going to have that word throughout the sessions. Awesome. 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 I'm sorry, I catch everything. Anyway, go ahead. You're talking about experiences. Meditation. Yeah, we can go there. Um, with, with visions and different experiences that come up in the meditation, um, you say to focus on them afterwards and think about them or reflect on them afterwards, but stay focused on the touch during the meditation. When I'm reflecting on my experiences afterwards, what is the important stuff? Because you always say the, the visuals and the auditory, the stuff your brain can get is not the big secret. It's the other stuff. So how, how when I'm reflecting, do I, well, do I, I think, approach that? I think Irregardless, you're going to reflect no matter what. The, the key is to always remember what I said about don't let your, your mind focus in the moment. Do it afterwards. Because if you do, you tend to also lose the experience. Let me, let me explain something different as far as knowing the difference, okay? When you're having experiences and you're having visuals and stuff, they're, they're okay, they're good. But it's more like a daydream quality, okay? And it's there. When, when you have something that is very relevant, the only thing that I could say is that it's like a pop. It's 
it's, 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 it's like a vacuum that hits you in a tenth of a second. It's so real. It's more real than our everyday life of me and you talking right now. It's, it's, it's like every sense in your body is so sharp and you're so there in the moment of that experience. Um, it's, it's just like walking on a razor's edge. Um, when you really, everything else is an illusion. Everything else is, is like something given to you just sweet enough, just important enough to distract you from what you really don't know is around the corner, but it knows. Okay? That's why I always say, don't, don't, don't get it. When, when it happens, it's going to be like, it's like a, like a, it, all of a sudden it's just, you're, you're there. It's, it's, I'm really struggling to find the correct words for it, but it's, it's, it's to say that everything goes extreme HD, sound, smell, sight, whatever, whatever it is, it's, 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 it's very crisp. And you know in that moment that this is very different than everything else. Okay? That everything else you experience, it's kind of like when you have your imagination, you well, let's say you imagine an apple right now in your mind. The apple is kind of faded. It's not like super crisp and, and you see the detail. It's almost like you, there's a transparency to it. Okay? When the real deal happens, you you don't have that transparency anymore. It's like something in the movie, like you've been transported to this other surreal reality. The only difference is, is that nothing in any movie ever makes me it's not it's not the same. There's this different quality. And I think that the different quality is your sensory is such so much higher. Because when in a movie they show you switch over, it's just another place. You know, your sensory is the same because they don't they don't know how to intensify that. But when it happens in your mind, it's it's everything is just so much more vivid, more real, more 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 ecstatic. You know, you you're just aware of every fiber, every detail. So when I come out of it then and reflect on it. My brain can remember very clearly certain visual things or certain parts of that experience, but is that the important stuff? There, there's this somehow this right. more than reality. Here, here, here's, here's the bummer I'm going to to give you. Okay, as humans, we want to think that anything that we experience in a meditation is supposed to be some profound piece of information. Okay, that somehow it's going to unlock us to, I don't know what, become super immortal beings traveling the universe. Oh, okay. The, the reality is, is that those moments usually are a random jump, a, 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 a couple, a shuffled deck of cards, and it's a random card that's pulled. Okay, you might pull an ace, you might pull a king, but most of the time you pull a two of spades, five of clubs. Something random. So you see something. It doesn't mean that there's a relative meaning in that. You, your mind might have jumped to some other world or some other place, and you just happen to be in the backyard of some place. Okay, you're like, wow. Okay, what is important is the fact that you did it. What's important is the fact that something just happened, and the question is: is can you re-experience it again, and can you control it? Can you exploit it and mold it to, to do something more beyond that? Do you follow me? Mm -hmm. So I think people mentally get too caught up in the act of the importance of what just happened. Like there's some ancient beings going to be on the other side and say, you finally made it, Jameson. Welcome. Here are the keys to the universe. Okay? That's not it. What is it is that the real key isn't in the destination of the experience. It's in the process that you got there. That, 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 that if you can capture that experience, that feeling, that information, it can be reproduced. If you can reproduce it, you can start shaping and molding, molding it to get to exactly that piece of information that you're really looking for. Do you follow me? Yeah. And... The, the amazing thing about consciousness is that we think about 
places like from point A to point B, like, like Google Maps. You have an address you're starting at and you put an address to where you're going, okay? We tend to take that kind of thinking or imagination or that kind of thought <coughs> into our sessions. And that's the first big mistake. Because just like thinking about prana in your relationship with the universe, like you don't need to add it anymore, like you just kind of have that built relationship. What people never really get is you have a built concept that's very human with distance and traveling. So most of the time when you have experiences, you think about it being by location, meaning somewhere else that I want to visit. What most people don't ever realize, maybe just by this conversation is going to help change that, is that nothing is real. This room isn't real. Everything's not real. But we, we, we say we understand it, but we don't really accept that, okay? But the point is, is that when you have your, your meditation, you go somewhere else, you may not have gone anywhere. All, all that's happened is that what's all around you has, has simply popped out of this, this sensory connection to you. And you are either experiencing some other layer that's in the same space as you, or B, you have created the space and it's become very real. So it's, it's, the idea is to try to separate from the idea of Google mapping, okay? And this is why I say want for nothing, gain everything. That the second that we try to put an ideal or an expectation or a thought or a concept, we even do it subconsciously, okay? That, that, that is what mucks it up and prevents it from happening. So, let your mind open to the idea of letting everything fade away. And so, when I'm reflecting on that experience, then what you're saying is that the stuff that I bring back that I can kind of reflect on with my conscious mind is sort of useless junk data. No, it might not, be very not useless. Real. Not useless. It, it, it's. It's, it's real, but, but what you experience, it may be something worthwhile there, okay? Well, whatever you experience could be a form of technology completely uh, never thought of as a concept in our world, but here it is. You could just make it into an invention now, okay? The, the point is, is that you want to learn to move your mind through time and space, and when you approach it and you get excited about these places you, you've seen pieces of, you're losing the whole worth of, of that, that information. Because when you start to get the feeling of how that process happens, like the moments just before you end up wherever you're going to be, okay? If you can stay harmonized in that energy, that is the true unfolding. That's the lotus actually unfolding a thousand leaves. Your mind opens to a thousand places. You, you begin to be able to, you could say, affect time and reality. So that internal navigation is really the key when I'm reflecting, more so than necessarily where I went. Yeah, you, you got there. I mean, it sputtered somewhere it's because your mind wanted something to see. And you, you didn't hold the process to continue kind of perpetualizing to, to, a, to a moment of, of, of ecstasy, if you will. So let's, let's review that. You sensed at some moment in milliseconds that something was happening. The second you had that, you had the excitement of, of seeing something. Something's going to happen. What does that mean to you? That happened in your mind subconsciously. It's all packed with expectation already. It's a Mandela starts making a tag that you want to see something. Do you understand it? And the second you do, it has to formulate to whatever it is you can comprehend. So that's what decides where you're going to pop out, where it's going to show you a stone, a tree, a building, a house, a person. Okay? But something beyond that, you'll never see. Do you understand? I want to see what I've never seen. I want to experience what I've, nobody's ever experienced. So this is where you have to have down thought. This is where you get to control your, your excitement, your desire. But here's the thing. This is the thing. When you meditate, you shouldn't even be thinking about any of this. This pre-conversation, though, is very important 
because this is the context of the subliminal thought that's actually going to evolve you to a higher level. When you have your meditation, all you should think about is just keeping on your, your, your spots, meaning your chakra points. You should be thinking about nothing, and you should just be just do a session beginning to end just with that exact attitude over and over and over again. And what that really comes down to is that's the hammer on the katana blade forging it. And if you rush it, if you rush it because you get impatient, the sword is ruined. So the, the experiences in a lot of ways are just a slightly more advanced form of the babbler. Correct. They're to distract you or Correct. seduce you away from it. It's always the same thing. You, we are in a game. We are in a, think about it this way. Everything is designed to hold you here. Because if it wasn't, what would be the point of this? Every time something starts to wander, the point of the, the machine, the consciousness, reality, is designed to anchor you back down. It, it can't afford to have everybody's mind wander because it would stop the whole program. So, in essence, it's, it's about choosing the best hackers what to give them. It's, some, it's worth something to, to the multidimensional reality, okay? To say that we've got to give him something to distract him, and it's got to be something pretty good because he's getting pretty freaking smart, okay? Or she's getting pretty smart. So it just ups the ante to something that you get really excited about. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's a loss to, to, the, to the cosmos, if you will, because it's like, ah, he's cracking the code. But, but we've, we've gave him something to, to distract him. We threw an apple down for the, for the donkey to, to eat now, and so he's not going to pull everybody down the hill now. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, well, we, we've got four more apples. What should we do? Just give them three of them. You know, it's better than letting them have it all. Okay? That's kind of what's going on. I often think about it as backward engineering. Every white cell knows that there's a higher purpose for them. Every white cell knows that they literally have a mission, and it's true. And we approach it from such a human perspective of trying to achieve or figure it out or rattle the box. It's like a Christmas present. We can peel the tape, we can rattle it, we can feel it. We're trying to do all these things, and we just don't really know how to approach it. All of those things have been anticipated in its process of being wrapped. It's like your parents kind of set up the dummy packages to slow you down before you could actually get to Christmas Day and get to the one good one. You know, like they're, they're outsmarting you. And the only way to outsmart something is to just not play at all. Okay? And just simply observe. So if you were to sit in the room and observe your parents and they didn't know you were there, okay, and you just really disconnected in every way, you might actually see the real present that they really put in there with all the dummy presents or, or the process by which what is the most important thing that you really need to know. And that's where, where everybody doesn't have the patience. They, have, they want expectation, they want experience, and I want you to have experiences. That's the point of it. But it's like a double-edged sword because you, you, what, how you think is the one thing that's going to prevent you from, from attaining it. It, 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 it's, you're not, it's like saying some five-year-old saying to you, I'm going to outsmart you. And you're just like, yeah, kid, sure, knock yourself out. They're not realizing you too were five years old once. You, they don't, you know, they don't, they, the universal blueprint is pretty much the same no matter what nationality or color you are, you know. It's like we all kind of know the same crap. That, that, that you, you can't participate in the same way. You, the only way is to, to not participate, but to be there. So this whole, this whole theme of both outside and inside higher balance community of experience interpretation. Like, oh, what does this experience? It's almost like dream interpretation. No, well, here's the thing. I don't want to give the wrong message. See, there's so many double speak things here, okay? Let me try to clarify. Without contemplation, you're lost because you don't know what to, to meditate on nothing means. Do you understand? So you have to be able to contemplate on the idea of nothing. And the only way you can contemplate on the idea of nothing is to have things you've contemplated to get to the point of intelligence to understand what that really means. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So you have to contemplate on various experiences. You have to go through certain motions to gain certain dy dynamics. As I said before, the key is in what I said earlier. 
we have a concept of what God is. We have a concept of what prana is. We have a concept of what energy is. Done. So now, subconsciously, it automates. So you don't have to think about it. You just have to know it. You have to just, just know that this is just the same way you don't think about breathing, but you breathe. So it's, it's, it's the same thing. Okay? So by having a level of training and understanding, you have to go through that. If you were just to say, thinking, I can think about nothing, you're not going to get there. Because there's no programs running in the background that you've set and forgot that have to be running. Does that make sense? You have to have an understanding of prana. You have to have an understanding of chakra point. You have to have an understanding of how this works. You have to have an understanding of what the babbler is. You have, because you won't know what the babbler is when the babbler is babbling then. Okay? You have to have all of these things that you've, you've kind of have a very good understanding. Okay? And then when you have enough of them, they're like a symphony of music. Or they are the crickets humming in the night. It's not the sound that 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 individually is happening. It's the whole orchestra of a moment that takes you away. You're no longer thinking about the crickets. You have become the whole experience. That's the point of it. Your your data, your knowledge, you're absorbing every single thing. It's critically important. It's what is going to become the foundation, the actual vibration that's lifting the air up through vibrating. That's making you appear as if you're beginning to float. It brings you up high enough to the ceiling, to touch whatever it is, the vault, if you will, to open it, to get out, the hatch door. You need the knowledge, you need that understanding, you need that relationship, you need those little micro-experiences compared to the big picture. But at some point, you let them go. Because it's just part of your understanding of nature, of reality, how things function. You don't ask yourself why you throw a ball up in the air and it falls. You simply just know that that's how it works. And if you need to, you fully understand it. And without having to think about it too much, you completely understand what's going to happen. So if we have several objects, maybe a 2-pound, a 5-pound, a 10-pound, versus a 10-year-old person's strength, we can estimate without them doing anything about how high they're going to be able to throw it in the air, yes or no. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to sit there with calculations, do we? We, like we originally did, we had to learn it somehow. We had to do it. We had to practice it. We had to integrate with it. And now we have an understanding of it. So now we cut out all of those intricacies because we already have a set it and forget it concept about what it's going to do on average. So we can set our reaction time based on that without even giving it much thought anymore. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you need all the stuff we're saying you don't need. But you need to go through those things in order to get to where you want to go. The only difference is, is we have an expectation we try to set as to when that's supposed to be. And that's one of the major failures we have. So it goes back to, to when you reflect on the experience. It's not about that out there. It's the mechanics, that internal muscle memory that you're really, that's the gym. That's that, the gym. That yep. this image is almost seducing you away from thinking about Correct. It's like, okay, first time, great. Walk away with it. Sit down. Take notes. Whatever. It can have validness. It's not to say it's useless information, but it's not really what you're really after. It's just something delaying you on your journey. In the beginning part of the meditation, I really like that sensation when I separate from my body, but I have a hard time sometimes getting into where I feel like I'm really meditating. Is it is it okay to spend extra time in that initial part of the meditation relaxing so I can really get in the zone? Sure, because after a while your muscle memory is going to get better and better and better with it. Where people go wrong is we're we're all slackers. We're all we're all or something happens in life and it, we just get distracted and then it's like like anything else. If you don't work out all the time, okay, then you you lose that same endurance you once had. So the thing is, is though, if you if you set yourself to it, you tend to rebound twice as fast as what it took you to get to that skill. So it's easier to get back to it, but you do have to commit to it. So if you find that you're gotten too busy and you haven't been getting in the meditations you want, then a week, two weeks, a month later, when you go back to sit there, you're going to have to go through that process again of maybe days of re-getting yourself to relax, but it gets shorter and shorter and shorter if you don't think about it no more. Yeah, one of my biggest breakthroughs when I begun meditating is when I 
really focused on that initial relaxation. And I made sure I got that right before I started the rest. And it felt like my meditations were way, way better after that. Yeah, I, I would agree that that's very important. You know, everything that's physical and getting it to where you want it to be is largely the fuels that fuel the distractions in your brain. I guess uh, some of the questions that are coming in are covered in the foundation set a little bit, but just for the sake of going over, um, how should I be pulling the prana in? Um, there seems to be a little bit of confusion. Should it be going through the top of my head or through my mouth? Or what does it mean when you say breathe in through the prana, through the chakra, like that kind of Well, as I was saying earlier, when I say breathe in, we of course naturally think, well, you can only breathe in one of two ways, your nose or your mouth, okay? This is where your imagination is very important, okay? And if you overdo it, then your ego is taking charge. If you, if you do just the right amount, then it's perfect and you're going to have excellent results. So, for instance, with my heart chakra, if I say breathe in through my heart chakra, I'm, of course, obviously, I'm aware that I'm breathing in through my mouth. I'm not a numbskull, okay? But, but I'm convincing myself to a certain degree, okay, that I'm actually breathing in through my chest. And what happens is, is that when you start to work with that idea, I literally can feel a coolness coming into my, my as if there was an opening in my, my chest, okay, that was breathing in. I can feel a sensation of air going in. So in my mind, I've moved in my brain probably the sensation of what's stimulating my tongue, my mouth, my lips from air current, okay, and I'm replacing that stimulation to stimulate in my chest or in my lower gut or in my forehead. And it's, <clears throat> and it's by refining that, that power of your focus on the chakra point that you don't get distracted with the air that's actually coming in your mouth as you're breathing. And, no, and I'm, I'm just, you're not thinking about your breathing right now, but you're doing it. Hmm. Okay, so it's, it's not that hard. The other thing is, is that, for instance, if I think about my, my mind chakra and I'm going to breathe through it, I... I I, I don't know if it's necessarily so much just feeling it, but I get the sensation or the image of almost like little lines moving moving in through there. Do you understand? Like you can feel it, but it may not feel perfect. It don't get caught up in the details in this particular sense, okay? Just generally get the idea down. And no matter what, even if I go back and forth being aware of my mouth breathing or my, my head breathing or my chest breathing, I don't get caught up with the fact that, oh, I just thought about my mouth breathing it now. Do you see what I'm saying? That it doesn't matter. Don't worry about perfection. When you don't worry about perfection, it becomes perfection. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that people get caught up overthinking it. Yeah, way overthinking. <laughs> and that's the problem. We're, we're very, for the most part, intelligent, intellectual people. We want to dissect everything. And that can work for us most of the time, but it can work against us also. So along the lines of breathing, um, there's different places where you mentioned slowing your breathing down mm -hmm. and almost like automating it to the point where you're almost barely breathing at all. Well, you go into that you, 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 I don't want people to think you're barely breathing at all because I don't want them to try to do that. What I want to do is you're, you're barely aware that you're breathing, okay? You just relax your breathing. Just, just breathe at a normal, relaxed pace to the point where, where now you're thinking about breathing. And eventually, you just you just need to not worry about it. I often say, you know, the, the biggest concern is, is when we think about breathing, we're worried about stopping breathing. It's ironic, okay, because you don't think about that in day to day. So the point is, is just not thinking about it. What you really are doing is you're setting the pace, the rhythm. It's like a, a record player, old school for, for young people, you know, you're screwed, I don't know what to tell you, but you can set it from different speeds. You're super fast, and then there's normal speed, or 45, or whatever, and different stuff, various sizes. So you're, you're setting it to the lowest speed by consciously relaxing yourself and just breathing very gently, very calmly. And then once you're very relaxed, you move on. You're not saying my, my breathing's relaxed, I'm relaxed, or your breathing is relaxed. It's just one and one, okay? So then you just move on to your exercise, but you may have actively had to relax yourself by will rather than just jumping into your mental exercise and not thinking about your breathing. Your breathing controls your mind. So if you want to 
depower the babbler to 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 allow your mind to escape the brain. Okay, then you willfully, consciously can slow your breathing down. If your breathing slows down, the power of the babbler starts to de become minimalized, and you you reduce it down to a very small amount. Um, when you see people having to hold paper bags and they tell them to hold it, it's because they're they're panicking. <laughs> The paper bag is controlling how much air they can take in and how much air goes out, so it's forcing them to slow down, which then slows down all the muscles in the body, the heart rate, the thinking in your head. It's just so they're taking control. So you're doing it differently. You're consciously slowing everything down on purpose, and then when you feel very relaxed, then you're moving on to just focusing on a chakra point. Okay, so that kind of answers my question. I was gonna bring up the babbling with the breathing. When when I breathe, then the babbler seems to to yeah. be able to take hold more. The more I'm kind of breathing, but then so if I do that relaxation part in the beginning and make sure I set the tone right from the beginning, yeah. then that's gonna have a lesser effect the whole yeah. way through. And one one nice thing to think is as silly as it is, it's it's I always say give yourself a timeout. Because there's this anxiety, like, well, what if I'm meditating too long? Or what if, it, you know, it's so many what ifs, we drive ourselves crazy. The point is, is that you give yourself a permission to not worry about your problems or the things you need to do or whatever. You're like, they're, they're going to be there when you're done. Because you just get to talk to yourself like a kid, you know? I'm just giving myself a time out. So let's relax. Let's just time out. We can deal with everything even better later. And it's like, that makes sense. Okay, we'll let you have your time out then. And so the breathing isn't about about how slow you breathe. It's just it's just about relaxing yourself. That's it. Oh, on the babbler, um, you said forget about all your problems and your worries and stuff like that. Well, when you, I catch myself babbling, then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have been babbling, and uh, then my mind will slow down, and then I'll get a a babbler about the meditation and I still want to focus back on the meditation but sometimes there's some good stuff in there that's helping me with my meditation should the babbler be the worst should I beat myself up every time I babble or if something comes up that's good can I be like oh thanks at least that was something useful yeah it's not ideal but let's move forward I would dismiss everything with the assumption and belief that it will come to you later. And if it doesn't, and you're worried about it, if it's not going to come back to you later, then it wasn't important enough to begin with. And it's all about really control issues. You're worried about you're going to lose something. You're worried about not getting enough information. You're worried about... This is where you got to let go of all of that. That's control. In the end, if you boil it all down, it's still control. For for instance, like focus on the touch, or or you know think about prana, or or you know what is prana, right? So to make sure that I'm tuning in with it, right? Don't 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 worry about it. If you get it all wrong, don't worry about it. You're still in the ballpark. That, that's all that matters. If you're worried about breathing in the prana, it doesn't matter. You you gotta trust the automation that you get it. A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the foundation meditation system. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders.
Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at Higher Balance Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 